Mary and Joseph really are flip sides of the same coin when you think about their story. Similar circumstances. Not the same, but similar. Here is this young woman who is engaged to this young man, and they're going to get married. In Orthodox Judaism, 2,000 years ago, and even today, engagement for marriage is a very public institution. There's no messing around. Uh Uh-uh. Everything is by the rule, by the law, by the book, held up for public inspection constantly. That's the way it was done. And so now she wants to marry him, and Joseph wants to marry her. And no doubt they have their plan. We're going to get married, and this is going to be the way we live. This is going to be the way we live our lives together and have our children and many children and many boys, as is the custom to carry on the family name. Well, Mary is ready for this. Joseph is ready for this. And then God, as God always does, or often not, throws each of them a curveball, right? So Mary says to the angel, how can this be? You want me to be the mother of the Messiah? I don't know, Joseph. We haven't had relations. What what are you talking about? Can you imagine in her immaculate conception the profound, profound confusion? See, we think Mary was never confused. We think confusion is a sin. We think wonder and, and doubt that way would be a sin. No. No, she experiences profoundly, humanly profoundly, confusion. You and I have confusion, but ours only pales by comparison to hers. And Joseph is confused because now Mary is pregnant out of wedlock. And according to the law, she should have been exposed to be stoned to death. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? Confusion, wonder, doubt. And he's willing to call off this whole thing, as any good man would, walk away from it. Just walk away from it. Reminds me of a little story. Not actually a story, a true fact. It was many years ago at another church, a wedding, and the father of the bride was ready to bring his daughter down the aisle. It was a very grand event, hundreds of people. And in the sacristy with me was the best man and the groom. And the groom started kind of going into some kind of stomach ache. I thought it was just butterflies in the stomach, right? And he started really convulsing. I thought, oh my God, he's sick. I said, are you okay? He said, no, I can't do this. I said, can't do what? He said, I cannot get married. Uh, This is not going to happen. I said, oh, well, what do you want me to do about this? We've got all these people out there. And he said, no, I just can't do it. I, I, I'm not called to this. I'm not called to be married to her. I said, okay, you're serious. You're not just going through butterflies in the stomach. He said, no, I'm serious. I said, okay, you have five minutes to get out of here. 
leave by way of the back door of this church and catch a plane and go to Mexico. Get out of this country. Because in five minutes, that bride's father is going to come down this aisle so fast when I make the announcement, and he's going to kill you. <laughs> sure enough, I let them go. I went out to the microphone. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Uh, there's been a little change in plan. I think you all know perhaps what I'm referring to. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Have a nice day. <laughs> At that moment, this very happy father in the back drops his daughter and races down that main aisle to me. I'm racing back to the sacristy. <laughs> Where is he? I'm going to kill that blank, blank, blank. I said, sir, I know you're very, very upset. You spent a lot of money on this. I know. And your daughter is going to be just devastated. But let me just tell you this. It doesn't make any sense right now. But think about this. Just think about this. And he was just so angry. I said, your daughter has been saved a lot of misery. And you have too. And so is he. So count your blessings now. There will be some other man for her down the road, I'm sure. She's a lovely lady. But you should thank God this wedding did not take place. It was years later, many years later, that I met the father again at another event. And he said, you know, I've always hated that man for what he did to my daughter. I said, but I'll get over it. But I'm so happy that she's found someone else. And she couldn't be happier. And thank you for telling me that. My point is, we all have our plan. It's going to go just the way we want it, right? I'm not saying Mary and Joseph were like that, but there must have been something of that, naturally. We're, we have our plan. We're going to get married. We're going to raise our own children. We're going to do it this way. And other circumstances come up. Circumstances of health or wealth, our job, a child, the unknown, the mystery of it all, the confusion. Again, what is going through our hearts and minds when we don't have this all figured out? When we don't have all the answers? when we don't necessarily know where our lives are going. If not our lives, people say, well, where's this country going? Where's the church going? Where's the world going? I mean, people want to figure it out, naturally. God gave us an intellect to figure things out. But so much of this remains a mystery. A mystery to, in time, accept as mystery. Because that's just the way it is so often. Because if we try to figure it all out all the time, we then just are constantly spinning our heads. And that creates more confusion, more frustration. So Mary and Joseph simply accepted this. 
not easily. We're told in Luke's gospel that Mary was very perturbed, very disturbed, profoundly disturbed by the message of the angel. And no doubt Joseph must have been profoundly disturbed on hearing that Mary was pregnant before they had their relations. So the whole thing is very confusing. But notice in both stories, angels. Angels are always there in moments of confusion. And what are their first words more often than not? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. On the day of the resurrection, when Mary was looking for him in the empty tomb, and she said, where is he? They've taken him. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. Even Jesus himself, appearing to the apostles in the upper room on that day of the resurrection, do not be afraid. Fear not, it is I. And this is constantly the theme of the angels throughout the Old Testament and the New, reassuring people, God is with you. Do not be afraid. His power is greater than your fear. If you give in to your fears constantly, you will be consumed by your fright and die. But if you give yourself over to me, I can take your fear and I can give you peace to accept my will. Whatever that will is, not easy again, not easy. So many people give up on God because they're saying, I asked for this and I didn't get what I wanted. So God doesn't hear my prayer. God's not interested in me. God doesn't care. No. No. God will give us not always what we want, but will always give us what we need. And that's the mystery in faith that I'm talking about. Mary and Joseph wanted it this way. The father of the bride and that girl wanted it this way. And you and I want it this way. I want our country to be this way, or our church to be this way, or my family. I want it to be this way. I want it to be my way. And God says, so often, I'm sorry. It's not going to be your way. It's going to be my way for you. And when you begin to trust that, you say, okay, God knows what he's about. God knows what he's about. I'm going to trust that because I love him. Joseph trusted Mary first, which is why he could love her. He so loved her because he trusted her that when she explained this situation to him, he could accept it. And he has this dream where he learns to trust the angel because he loves her. We learn to love God because we, as children in faith, must grow to trust God. That what he gives us is for our good. We don't understand it sometimes. It's mysterious. It's confusing. But we accept that as part of the trust 
in the will of God. And Mary and Joseph could then teach the baby this. They both had their stories, as I said, similar, wherein they grow out of confusion to trust, to greater love, and this is what they taught the baby. So that at the tender age of 33, he could echo those words, thy will be done, on a cross. Not my will, but thine be done. Where did he get that in his humanity? Oh, he got that from two magnificent parents who showed them, who showed him how to do that. And shows us too, as their children in the church, to accept a share in the will of God. So this day, as we prepare for the coming of Christ once again, to contemplate his will in our lives, this last year, in the years to come, and ask him, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not mine.